If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, wonderful all of you, and what a special Erev Shabbos it is. Tomorrow, like last week, we take up more than one Torah scroll, more than one Sefer Torah. In the first, we'll read the Parsha of the Week, which is Truma. In the second, we read the special portion of Zachor, the portion which we talk about and hear of how Amalek, the arch enemy of the Jewish people, attacked B'nai Israel, the Israelites, on their way to Sinai to receive the Torah. It's a very special portion, and in fact, it's an obligation for everyone, men and women, to be in shul and to hear this particular portion being read in shul from a Sefer Torah. We have to understand what is the connection between the Parsha of Truma and why, in fact, we read it together this year with Zachor. Zachor is always read before the festival of Purim. Purim, of course, is this coming Thursday night. Thursday night and Friday. Thursday night we read the Megillah and Friday morning or during the day we read the Megillah. The great joyous festival of Purim. And the Shabbat before Purim we read the portion of Zachor. This year it coincides with the Parsha of Truma. They come together and in that there is a very important and special message. A message that talks to us about what, in fact, the idea of Truma is all about. Purim, of course, is a time of great joy. It's a time of great celebration. It's a time that we celebrate the miracle, not only of survival, when Haman tried to annihilate the entire Jewish people in all the lands of Ahasuerus in one single day, but it's a time that we begin to understand the incredible devotion and loyalty of the Jewish people to God. That despite the fact that for a long time, unfortunately, they were engrossed in a life and lifestyle that was contrary to the will of God, nonetheless, under the leadership of Mordechai and Esther, for an entire year, they stood steadfast, devoted with absolute loyalty in their faith to Hashem. And because of that, they were able to merit the incredible miracle of Purim that we celebrate this year. Because of that, each and every one of us, in preparation for Purim, in preparation to understand what that festive day is all about, what in fact that celebration is all about, it's not only a day of survival, but a day of recognizing the inner strength, the inner power, the inner greatness that we possess as a Jewish people. We have to prepare, and one of the ways that we prepare is by reading the portion of Zachor, remembering what Amalek tried to do to B'nai Israel, the Israelites. And when we fully understand what in fact the intention of the Amalekites was against the Jewish people, we begin to understand what in fact the miracle of Purim is all about. Truma. Truma is the portion that we read this week. What is Truma all about? Truma means a contribution, a donation. Moshe is told by God, tell the Jewish people that I want them to build a mishkan, a dwelling place, a tabernacle, 
a holy place, a house, a dwelling place for me upon earth. But in order to do that, each and every single individual who is so inspired should contribute what in fact they can, what in fact they want to, in gold, in silver, in copper, precious gems, magnificent fabrics, everything that is needed in order to build this house for God. The Jewish people responded with tremendous, tremendous passion, bringing whatever was needed in order to build the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the wilderness. The question, of course, is why is the term truma used? Why isn't another term, a more common term used? Why do we use the word truma? Truma's Literal translation means to lift up and uplifting. It doesn't mean donation within the context of what we are talking about. Yes, it does mean contribution. It does mean a donation. Why, in fact, is the word truma actually used? And it's not v'yitu, they should give, but v'yitu, they should give, I will take from them this particular truma, whatever it is, in the precious metals, and the precious gems, the magnificent fabrics, the beautiful wood, whatever was needed in order to build the Mishkan. The terminology is so specific, and not only that, but how each and every single Jew must participate. More of that soon. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 Hi FM. We're talking about the Parsha Teruma. We're talking about the fact that it comes together with Parsha Zachor. We're talking about the fact that Teruma is a strange term to use when it comes to contribution and donation. But before that, listen to this word from the marketplace. Knowing your COVID status doesn't need to be costly or take forever. At Discom Pharmacies, you can reduce the cost and anxiety of waiting for results with the rapid COVID tests. Book an antigen test which can determine if a specific virus is present currently, or an antibody test, which in most cases can determine whether you have had a virus or not in the recent past. Book an appointment at a discount store near you on 0861 417 427. That is 0861 a winning mind in a healthy body. We're talking about the Parsha of Truma which talks about the contributions that the Jewish people made in order to build a Mishkan. And the entire parsha talks about the magnificent vessels that were built in order to make this Mishkan the most beautiful house for God. And the entire parsha is called Truma. And we have to understand why, in fact, the parsha is called Truma when it means to uplift, to raise. Why don't we talk about Nidava, a contribution? a donation. But before we can explain that, we have to ask a far more fundamental question. The parasha tells us, God addresses each and every single Jew you shall make, each and every one of you shall make a house for me. 
And there is the obvious question that I'm sure everyone asks from time to time. What, in fact, does God actually expect us to do? How is it possible for human beings to build a house for God? No matter how big that house would be, no matter how magnificent or elaborate that house would be, to build a house for God, God is infinite. God is beyond any type of limitation or description. To build a house for God, to build a house for a fellow human being, even to build a house for a powerful king is within the realm of possibility. But to build a house for God? How can human beings be asked to build a house for God? How is that possible? And in actual fact, the prophets ask the same question. What kind of house can you build for me? Asks the prophets. What does it mean that we as Jews are asked by God to build a house? And even though the actual Mishkan took place in the wilderness and subsequently in the Holy Land, the Beis Hamikdash, the Holy Temple, was built in Jerusalem. But the concept of building a Mishkan, the concept of building a house for God is eternal. What does that mean? And the answer is, in order for, under, for us to understand, what does it mean for us to build a house for God? It's not as if we're building something here below and we're inviting God to enter into that which we built. Because in truth, God creates everything. God brought everything into being. It's not as if the world and God are two separate places, two separate things, and we are inviting God into this world. That we're asking God to come down into this world and to enter into this magnificent edifice that we have built for him. God creates the entire universe, the entire world, and everything that's in it. The gold, the silver, the copper, the precious gems, the wood, everything that's within this world is created by God. Building a house for God means exposing the reality that God is within the world at all times. Let's take a look at one of the items, one of the items that was built within the Mishkan. The inner perimeter, the inner wall, was built of Kroshim. Kroshim were the upright planks that was used to build the walls of the inner perimeter. They were made out of Atseishitim, translated acacia wood. And these Kroshim, they were built in a particular way. And our sages tell us, our Hasidic masters tell us, that the word Kedesh, which refers to this upright plank, are the same letters, the Kuf, the Resh, and the Shin, the same letters as the word Sheker, which means falsehood. What is building the Mishkan all about? To transpose the word Sheker, falsehood, and to make a Kedesh, an upright plank that is used for the Mishkan. What is building a house for God all about? To change, to transpose, to change the falsehood of the world and to make it into a house for God. To reveal that which is, is within all of creation. The world is Helen. It distorts the presence of God. We see the natural order. 
We see anything but godliness in the world. We see natural systems. We see natural powers. We see physical powers. We don't see the presence of God. Building a house for God in the true sense of the word means to reveal the fact that God is at the core, at the center of all existence, to recognize and to realize that God is the constant creator of heaven and earth. To remove the falsehood of the world doesn't necessarily mean to remove that which is wrong, that which is incorrect. To remove the falsehood of the world is to recognize the truth of existence, which means that God is creator of heaven and earth. To take the sheker, to take the lie and to change it, to transform it into a kedish, into something that becomes the wall, the perimeter, the wall of the mishkan. And that is the mishkan v'shachanti v'socham. Each and every one of us, metaphorically speaking, each and every one of us is obligated to build that mishkan, as our sages tells us, the sochol echad echad within ourselves. This becomes the service. This becomes the work that we have to do to open our eyes, to open our hearts, to open our minds to the truth of what this world is all about. It is not a place that is run by natural physical order and powers. It is a world that is created by God and by revealing that, by exposing the truth and presence of God as creator, this is building a house for God. It's not only making a specific place where God dwells. It is exposing the truth of what, in fact, the truth of existence is all about. And this is why we have to understand, yes, it takes the particular production and construction of the temple for us to understand it. Each detail of the Mishkan, building the ark, building the perimeter, building the ark, the altar, building the menorah, the candelabrum, building Every aspect gives us insight, gives us spiritual insight in how to expose the godliness which is at the core of all existence. And this is why it's called truma. It's not a regular contribution. It's not an ordinary donation. It is an uplifting. When you take something physical and simply give it, it remains something physical. You can give something even to a wonderful cause, to a worthy cause, but it remains something physical. When it's uplifted, when you expose, when you reveal the essential godliness within it, it becomes something entirely different. Hashem is saying, don't give me a contribution. Don't give me a donation. Don't give me a gift. Give me something that you have uplifted. You've taken the physical and you have revealed the spiritual within. You have done an act of truma. You have done an act of raising up the physical to a level where the spiritual can now be seen. You have lifted the world where you can see the godliness. And this is why the entire Parsha is called Truma. It's not only the specific donations, but each and every single aspect 
of the Mishkan. Each and every single aspect of building the house for God is an act of uplifting, raising up that which you are giving so that it reveals and exposes the godliness within. This is the idea of truma. This is the idea of the particular type of donation and contribution that was necessary in order to build a house for God. It's not merely building an edifice. It's not merely building even a beautiful edifice. It's building a place where people begin to recognize, aha, God is creating, creator of heaven and earth. And this is why we, whatever action we do, whatever example we set, whatever, whatever type of activity we are involved in, if it's a truma type of activity, we ourselves and others around us begin to notice and recognize, yes, this is a godly place. Not that we allow God to come in. That would be patronizing. We expose, we reveal that God is essentially here. And this is the duty that each and every one of us must try and develop to reveal that God is essentially here. This is our work. Our work is building a dwelling place for God in our hearts, in our minds, in our physical world, in our relationships. We have to show that God is at the core of our existence. God is creator of heaven and earth. And this is the Parsha of Truma. Truma talks to us, yes, of giving physical things. But how do we give those physical things? We give those physical things in an uplifting, raising sort of way. We expose the holiness within, the godliness within, and the world, the physical thing, becomes something entirely different. The question still remains, how does that connect to the other aspect of the Shabbos, the fact that it's Shabbos Zachor? We have to remember what a Malik the arch enemy tried to do to the Jewish people. Practically, what he wanted to do to the Jewish people, as did his descendants during the time of Purim, he wanted to destroy the Jewish people. But what does it mean he wanted to destroy the Jewish people? He wanted to destroy the people that were charged with the incredible responsibility and duty of exposing and revealing godliness in the world. The Jewish people were marching towards Sinai to receive the Torah. Amalek was determined to stop them, to destroy them. Because if the Jewish people receive the Torah, this becomes another step in revealing godliness in the world. More of that soon. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Zachor, remembering what Amalek did. And we have to ask the question, why is it, of all the portions in the Torah, that this is the one that the Torah says you must hear it? Yes, we are obligated to hear the entire Torah, and we do. But this is the one that we absolutely must be in to hear. Why? 
And as I explained before, what is it that Amalek wanted to do? Yes, he wanted to annihilate the Jewish people. But not only that, he wanted to put a stop to a people that were dedicated to revealing the presence of God as creator of heaven and earth. He wanted to put a stop to those individuals who would be absolutely dedicated and loyal to that cause, who would be selfless, be prepared to sacrifice their lives for that cause. Individuals who throughout history would show again and again and again to sanctify the name of God, to show that God is not only the ruler of the world, not only the one who directs this world creator constant creator the core of all existence this is what Amalek wanted to destroy and this is why this is something that we have to hear we have to remember at all times this is something that is so close to our very being it's something which is so close to our very essence we can never forget this and this is why it's told to us doubly remember and don't forget because a mullet appears in so many different type of guises it's not only the vicious enemy who comes to us with weapons of destruction he is subtle. He tries to somehow seduce us into a thinking, into a behavior pattern that draws us away from that commitment to godliness. We have to at all times be aware of the fact that there is an element out there that will try to blind us to the presence of God. This is something that we have to remember. And this is why as we get closer to Purim, the Shabbos before Purim, when the descendant, that evil Haman, tried to destroy the Jewish people once again because he knew precisely what his forebearer Amalek, he knew precisely who these people were, and this is why he tried to destroy them. And this is why for an entire year the Jewish people displayed this incredible self-sacrificing devotion to God a rejection of anything that was contrary to the will of God. And they experienced the miracle. And this is why, Zachor, we have to remember. Not only remember physical survival and physical victory, that too is vital, that too is important. But equally so, if not more so, we have to understand what is the inner intention of a Malik. What is the underlying intention of Amalek. He wants to destroy the witnesses that believe in God as creator of heaven and earth, who is at the core of everything. And this is why this year, Truma and Zachor come together, because essentially they carry the same message. What does Truma speak about? Truma speaks about the upliftment of physical things, building a house for God, building a world for God, exposing within a distorted world a truth, transforming the sheker, transforming the falsehood, taking the falsehood and exposing it for what it is, and showing that within the falsehood there is the possibility of using just that as an upright plank that becomes the perimeter of the tabernacle, of the Mishkan itself. What is Zachor? Zachor is pointing an accusing finger at Amalek and saying, no, you will not deter us from our incredible, incredible mission and purpose of showing godliness in the world. This is why the Shabbos 
is so special. This is why, if at all possible, you should be in shul to hear that portion being read. I know people are concerned. And yes, I can understand that. And if you can't be in shul, at least read that portion at home. But read it with a message that is personal. I am that witness. Each and every one of us must make that declaration, that affirmation that we are people who are Turuma people. We not only give, we uplift, we raise, we expose truth. We take the lie and we transform it into the truth. We take a mullik, we show a mullik that we will in no way be cowed. We will stand and be strong in our faith, in our belief, in our devotion to Hashem, in our devotion to God. And this is something which is so important. So wherever you are, if you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully. Watch the second Torah being taken out and remember what you have to remember. Remember that a Amalek, as I said before, can be subtle. He comes in different disguises. He can appear as, well, a very good friend, but be very, very careful because he can be very, very seductive. At the same time, listen to the Parsha. Listen to each and every single object as it's built. Each and every single aspect of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle. Listen to its description. Listen to how it's made. Listen for to its purpose. It's there to teach us how to reveal godliness in the world. It comes together. It comes together not only to build a house for God, but to recognize those who wish to destroy it as well. It's a special shout. If you're at home, read that story carefully. And as I said, and as I say, read the story as it's something which is personal, something which is being told to you in the most personal way. It's Shabbos Achor. Time to remember. It's precious truma. Time to uplift, to raise, to remember. Good Shabbos. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.